2FM. Sponsored by Dove Men Plus Care. Upgrade to Dove Men Advanced Deodorant and Body Wash. Let the confidence last. Game on. Weeknights from 6. On 2FM. Well, a big thanks to the two Johnnies in Africa for driving us into the weekend. It is Friday, February 23rd. I'm Shane Dawson, and you are listening to Game On live from Cork. Coming up between now and 7pm, Fiona Coughlin will preview this evening's Ireland under-20s rugby match as Richie Murphy's side aim to keep their Grand Slam hopes intact with a win over Wales. The Ireland women's national team are currently in friendly action away to Italy. It's half-time in Florence where the score is nil-nil. Mary Curtin is keeping an eye on that for us. Jane Mangan looks forward to the weekend's racing. And we have a rebel feel to both our Gaelic football and association football chat Paul Kerrigan is with us to go through the big talking points in the National Football League while another Cork legend Alan Bennett is here to chat League of Ireland and football in England too a packed show as always and if you want to get in touch you can text us on 51552 WhatsApp 087-187-9200 or we're on X at Game On 2FM Game On on 2FM Good evening, welcome along to Game On, live in Cork. Fiona Coughlin and Mary Curtin are sitting across me in a, was, I wanted to say a sunny, a sunny and beautiful Virgin Media Park, but it's, it's, it's dry at the moment, it's a bit, bit dreary, a bit rainy, but uh, it should be a cracker of a rugby match uh, that we're looking forward to, with thanks of course to PwC in their 19th year of sponsoring the Irish Under-20s uh, rugby. Incredible stuff um, and incredible stuff from the Irish uh, Under-20s so far on course for that grand slam. As I mentioned, Fiona, I'll be coming to you very, very shortly. But first, Mary Curtin, I did mention it was half-time. Uh, it was just approaching half-time as I was uh, reading out our, our intro there, but nil all at half-time between Italy and Ireland. Yeah, Shane, uh, Ireland started the better team. Um, I think they have a really good foothold in the game. Um, our defensive shape is very solid. We're, we're A1 in how we set up. Um, it's not perfect out there. We, we could be combining better at times. Um, there's not a lot of chances in the game. But Italy have definitely started to come more into the game after 20, 25 minutes, and they are getting stronger in the game. I suppose if we can see where Ireland can come out better in the second half and how they can get a foothold in the game would be to take a look in midfield. I would would say we are missing Denise O'Sullivan and Tyler Toland. Um, we're just we're, we're getting out fine, playing out from the back, but we are our pass completion rate is not the best when it comes to Stapleton and Connolly. So I would expect a change there. I would like to see us possess better. Uh, I would like to see us combine better going forward. Um, and so for that reason, we are missing O'Sullivan and Toland. Mm. Um, but yeah, we, look, it is a good start. We uh, Italy are ranked considerably higher than us. So it is a very positive start, but I would expect those few changes going into the second half. Holding our own, would that be, be fair to say? Because we were previewing with Rebecca Craig, and we kind of mentioned that the fact that this is an Italy team that are, are much higher ranked in Ireland. Yeah, we're definitely holding our own. Like, we actually do look very solid out there. We do look, our shape is very, very good. You can see we are set up very, we're, we're set up well defensively. Um, you can see the detail in the play. Um, it's just getting out that transition to attack where it's causing mm. us problems at the moment. And you just like to see us possess a little bit better. Okay, great stuff. Mary, you're going to keep an eye on that for us. We will be chatting soccer in due course, as I mentioned, with uh, Alan Bennett. Loads to get through in the League of Ireland and a few bits and bobs in England too uh, as well. But today, this evening, we are down in Cork, as I mentioned here at Virgin Media Park, with thanks to PwC, as Ireland under-20s prepare to take on uh, Wales. Kickoff is at 7.15. Fiona Coughlin is alongside Conor Morris on commentary on RT2 television. Uh, Fiona, looking forward to this one? Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, a sellout crowd down here and, mm. you know, that's testament to the team what they've been doing that people are paying in to watch them play and it's been some really exciting rugby like the first weekend to go away to France and come away with the win but also the performance that they had their resilience to stay in the game when France kept coming back into it to claw out the win in the end was really impressive and then back here two weeks ago against Italy and you know I, I think sometimes think people don't realise how good Italy underage teams are and you know they would beat these Irish teams sometimes at under 18's level so it, it was a okay. fair test for them and you know it was proven on, on the pitch that night Italy caused problems to this Irish team in the scrum but their back three as well were very good but Ireland's resilience to stay in that game and come out with the win and that's I suppose kind of one of the key features of the last two games is their resilience and their fight and their grit 
And is that exactly what's going to be needed this evening to get over Wales? Like, in terms of a challenge, how will it differ from what Ireland have come up against? Yeah, like Wales had a good win the first day out against Scotland. Again, it was end-to-end rugby. Uh, they had a good win at the end, but they were totally overpowered by an England team two weeks out. And I just think underage structures in Wales, similar to their club structures, are really not there yet. Mm. And I think Warren Gatlin threw a, a bomb in, in the news today when he was saying the exact same thing, that those pathways aren't there in the club game. Not like Warren that, to do that. Not like Warren the, the night before a game. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I think Ireland would be probably better prepared um, okay. than this Welsh team. And they'll want to put things right that didn't go right the last day against Italy. So the last game against Italy, their scrum was caused, they caused a huge problems for the scrum. We see a complete change in the front row. And likewise, as I said, their tackle completion rate was really poor. And, and they let that back three run through them. Like Scalabrine was an excellent player and made great hay. He had a try and a try assist as well. But again, some of it came down to Ireland's defensive, mm. um, you know, systems and, and not making the tackles. Yeah. 33 tackles missed against Italy. I think scrum coach Aaron Dunnan was focusing on that area, as you mentioned. It's it's very difficult to ask this question when you, the team are going for three consecutive grand slams, unbeaten so far. But in a way, they'll have a point to prove to themselves. Yeah, like I suppose when you say it's a team going for three grand slams, it's a very much changed team every year. Yeah. And I suppose that's the nature of the 20s. And, you know, credit, first of all, to the schools and clubs that provide the pathway for these players that they're at the level they're at when Richie Murphy gets his hands on them mm. but his ability to gel the squad of players the way that he does year on year is really impressive and um, this is a new team going for a Grand Slam and you know while they'll want to replicate what's gone previously this is a very new squad with new players in and they have to put their own mark on it but they'll be looking to improve as I said from the last two games to kind of keep on that role and, and keep people behind them They've certainly impressed and, and this group in particular and the 8,400 fans here in a packed out uh, Virgin Media Park that they're looking forward to, to seeing Ireland play now. Who has stood out and, and in particular who should fans be most looking forward to, to viewing this evening? Yeah, like I think Hugh Gavin, particularly in that first game, obviously his second year at 20s level and he has been really impressive and I've no doubt that he'd be looking to get his name senior Connacht caps, if not this year, early on next year. Obviously local boy, well Cork, co-boy uh, Dogbo came on last week, scored that try but showed his physical the physical nature in him like but they all play their part in this in this squad and they come mm. on and like I said about the changes in the front row but that's as much as yes there was trouble last week but it's also given these young players opportunities they're in the squad Richie likes to use as many of them as possible but keep winning as well but I think tonight Dogbo, it's his first start so he will have a, a big na- big game that yeah. he'll need tonight but like across the board Br- Bryn Ward has been really consistent at seven obviously Jack Murphy off the tee in that first game was flawless um, you know he's going to have to move them around the park and kick them into right places tonight but I think Dogbo will have to have a good big game like Gleeson obviously is out injured still um, Gleeson's second year but obviously has Munster capped unfortunately he's injured but it's that back row balance and shape and Dogbo will certainly want to keep his place there if Gleeson comes back in to eight. What sort of match are you expecting? Like you mentioned the dog bun and the changes in the front row. Is it going to be an attritional battle? Weather here isn't exactly free-flowing yet. <laughs> Yeah, look, I don't think they'll move away from how they've been playing and yeah. they've been playing some scintillating rugby, as I said, the particular that French game. That? I think they will continue. They'll okay. be pra- pragmatic about it. They'll play in the right places, yeah. but they will look to play um, and they'll certainly want to like dominate where they haven't in the scrum. And set-piece is just so important for any team. Um, and obviously their defence has been a key work on for the last two weeks. So um, hopefully we'll see a solid defensive line. But I, I hope they play the way they like to play, move the ball, but in the right right place in the pitch concentrating themselves not Wales like yeah that. I think very much so and I think that would have been the focus and I think that is an awful lot of time the focus about Richie Murphy's side mm. most sides do focus on themselves yes they look for weaknesses in the other team but it's about playing your best game and I think if Ireland are at their best that they'll be better than this Wales team how much credit must go to, to Richie and indeed his, his coaching staff because you mentioned like yes they're going for three consecutive grand slams but the, the caveat to that is that it, they are pretty much new teams so to be able to continue the player development is there and the conveyor belt is there but that management is just so structured yeah it's getting the right culture it's getting the buy-in from the players early on and you know they don't have necessarily a huge amount of time together yeah they have a couple of camps before Christmas when they're in camp now mm. for the Six Nations they're in the full time but it's not like a club team or a provincial team that he ha- that they would have all year so you know it's 
really good man management skills from him and his coaches and you know the type of player first of all that they pick in that they'll fit into the squad and that they really gel as a squad and that's more than the technical side and more important than the technical side of, of the coaching that he obviously brings to it it's that man management and that culture building within the squad um, it's been well documented in the news. Richie Murphy's obviously going to be taking up a, an interim role uh, as, as Ulster head coach and Bernie Jackman was on during the week and pretty much said Rich is going to do a brilliant job. Who knows, he could be a permanent coach. How will that affect the group, the, the playing group for the Irish under-20s? Well, I think the fact that they know that he's here definitely till the end of the Six Nations, mm. you know, and their focus is on that Grand Slam. And they're young lads, they're going to get out there and just play. So I don't think it's going to affect them at all. And, you know, there's obviously other coaches. for They've obviously World Championship in, in the summer as well. So there will be other coaches that will fit into the role, whether they come from within already or someone else comes in. But I just, I just don't think that's going to affect them. I don't think it's even, you know, he obviously spoke to the coaches, spoke to the players early on before it went to media and you know be like well done Richie fair play to you you deserve it after what you're producing for the last three years with this underage squad but I think they're going to be very much focused on winning this championship Mm. Will it affect Richie in any way in in terms of his focus trying to have that balance as well? Um, God, I don't know. You'd have to ask him. But you would hope that while he's here, his full focus is here. Obviously, it's a big task to go up to Ulster and try and change things around up there, which clearly have had issues for the last probably, I think there's probably rumours for the last year and a year and a bit that things haven't been going well. And, um, you know, you would hope these kind of things are sorted outside the season and to do it mid-season is probably difficult for everyone. But I think he'll definitely keep focused on the 20s until he goes up there and then he'll be looking to see that the players react well to him up there and that there is a bounce and hopefully that Ulster can finish out the season strongly. Do you feel there will be a bounce? There kind of has to be. Can they go <laughs> the only way can is they, up. <laughs> they go much lower? Look, they've obviously had quality players over the year. The, the problem isn't about winning every game. It's about winning games that you should win or that you could win and that's what they haven't done and I think if they focus on that, winning the games that they can win and getting the wins at the end, I think that's going to be the focus mm. for the end of the season. And whether that comes away with them making playoffs or whatever in the URC, that's, that's a different story but it's about finishing out the season, winning the games that you can win. Okay, uh, focusing on this evening then, uh, do you feel Ireland will have enough for Wales and, and Richie Murphy's side will get over the line? Yeah, I think they should. That's just based on what I've seen from Wales so far. I, I think the home crowd are certainly going to sh- cheer them on and the Irish boys that want to put up a performance, as I said, an improved performance after the Italian game in front of a home crowd. So, yeah, I think it'll be an Ireland win. What's the atmosphere going to be like, as I mentioned? 8,400 fans in a packed-out stadium. Yeah, look, it's going to be electric. I think um, it's brilliant that it's here in Cork I mm. think the the fans are crying out for international rugby and the fact that this has been the home of the under 20 team for the last couple of years they have got that fan base here and uh, on top of people travelling as well but that they have this fan base here and I think it's going to be electric to see a lot of young kids around and they'll just bring the volume up as well yeah. so it'll be great there has been like even I was getting the train down from, from Dublin uh, this afternoon and there was a load of Irish fans with, with their young kids with their parents and all there's been proper buy-in to the under 20s look I think it's one the media exposure that people know these players and they want to follow them they want to be part yeah. of that journey and um, they, as I said they can play exciting rugby and people want to be part of that and people love a winning team and uh, hopefully there'll be a trophy at the end of it in a couple of weeks a lot of rugby's played yet but um, I think there's been huge buy-in from the public as well about this and they're I, I keep losing myself when I'm in a match like you know talking about them and then I'm like they're only 19 year old kids really yeah. like but just they're the, big 19 year old they kids are, they are big <laughs> but like just the level that they're at technically and physically is just so mm. impressive so you're confident of an Ireland win against Wales this evening are you confident for an Ireland win in this senior match tomorrow yeah I am like not complacency or anything like that but I just think where both squads are in terms of their development and you know Ireland are just have been so solid and even though uh, Andy Farrell has given six players championship starts uh, in this championship time um, they're just at a total different stage in their development and like you see I, I admire Warren Gatland and what he's done with this young side like that first half of that Scotland game you were like this is like a pub team out playing and just the change in that second half when they went out and played without fear and just played they just played some brilliant rugby and likewise in the England game they produced some really good moments I just think Ireland are too complete across the park um, to see anything but an Ireland win I do think there might be hairy moments and you know again Gatland we're going to focus on Frawley and obviously Frawley hasn't he had a huge amount of time at full back I think he's had eight starts for Leinster at full back and, but he's definitely a player who has the skill set and ability to play there yes mm. he has a huge amount of time there so you know positioning repeatability of being able to keep going like Hugo Keenan does 
he might be able to do that tomorrow but that doesn't mean he's not going to be a good full back and um, I just like Ireland's defence I think is outstanding their attack has improved again like Jack Crowley is playing so well flat to the line and set piece obviously um, a few pings in, in the French game against the scrum but improved against Italy so it'll just be looking to keep keep going the up, upward track but yeah I think Ireland will be too strong What's, I think it's 23 points spread it's at the moment spread. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, just final one on, on Kieran Frawley and, and I suppose like you, you yourself as a former Irish captain um, when you were playing if you heard remarks from an opposition manager would it get in your head at all like you, you, you do don't say no, yeah, no like you you're definitely going to we hear them and read them like like I, I think it depends on the person and the type of player you are yeah. some people let it sleep, seep in and it, it affects them whereas some say I'm going to prove you wrong so I, I think it would depend on the person and mm. I would imagine the work they do with Gary Keegan in terms of the psychology around the game you know you use that as your fuel yeah yeah kick the ball to me I'm going to run that back at you or I'm going to kick it back and um, I think that's going to be more and things will go wrong things won't be perfect it was like Crowley's first start there and he his first kick was blocked down he kicked one long but he didn't let that affect him yeah. and you know uh, uh, coaches will always say oh we're going to go after the out half or, we're going to go after the new player and that's just normal but I think the player I think he's not a young player anymore he's had a huge amount of experience in, in a successful Leinster team so you know I don't think that's going to affect him hugely well, hopefully not. And hopefully uh, we are hoping for two Ireland wins both this evening here at Virgin Media Park and tomorrow in the Viva Stadium. As I mentioned, Fiona, you're in Co-Coms with Conor Morris. Uh, RT2 Television is the place to watch Ireland-Wales. Uh, we are going to take a short break. When we come back, we are chatting association football with Mary Curran and Alan Bennett. So stick with us here on Game On 2FM. RTE 2FM. Now you're very welcome back to Game On live here at Virgin Media Park in Cork. We're looking ahead to uh, Ireland versus Wales in the under-20s rugby. However, we are chatting football at the moment. Mary Curtin is keeping an eye on uh, the Irish women's national team in Florence. They are playing a friendly at the moment, still nil all. And Alan Bennett is with us, a Cork legend, a local legend, a League of Ireland legend uh, and a former Ireland international, as is Mary. Uh, Mary, listen, if we start with the uh, Irish women's team, nil all, you were hoping or possibly expecting a couple of changes at halftime? Yeah, I'm trying to see here if there's any changes. Um, I would have expected the midfield to, to, to get changes. Um, for me, I would like to see Lily Ag and Lucy Quinn coming into the game. Maybe uh, Risha Littlejohn sitting in midfield. As the well, Lucy out. Quinn for uh, Risha Littlejohn is yeah. the one change at halftime. Okay, so. interesting. I know Littlejohn has had a couple of recent injuries, so she's only back, so maybe a fitness issue yeah. there. Um, Were we being overrun in the midfield? Um, I think so. Look, it, it's absolutely brilliant to see Jessie Stapleton in there. I would have seen her a lot as a centre back, so it was a surprise to me to see her in middle of the park, holding mid. So look, she she lacks experience. You know, she ha- she doesn't have a lot of caps. Um, she would have had a couple of caps in, in centre back. But um, yeah, it's it's a big a big role for her to be to be in there. Um I, it's brilliant to see because look, these are the minutes. You you need these kinds of international minutes to to, to, to grow. So it's brilliant that we have a couple of youth players, youth uh, younger players in there. Um, because you you won't always have the likes of Denise. You won't always have the likes of of your your Katie McCabe's and everything. So it's really good to just see this introduction of a couple of younger players in the squad, a couple of players aging in the squad as well. So um, really positive to see and. Um, yeah, I think um, Italy are growing stronger in the game, though, so we have to be careful here and um, and look a little bit better going forward, keep better possession, um, combine a little bit better. OK, start the second half. It is still nil all in Florence, part of uh, a doubleheader of Friendlies Ireland. Uh, welcome Wales to Talla uh, on Tuesday evening. However, Alan Bennett is here, and Alan, we do have lots to get through. We have a Carabao Cup, Premier League, but first... I'm going to be selfish. We're going to start with the League of Ireland because there's just such a good feeling around the League of Ireland uh, after an opening weekend with packed stadiums uh, and it just continues to grow. Two sold-out Dublin derbies bringing plenty of intrigue. A total of 23,824 people attended Premier Division matches last week with another 10,000 of First Division games. Have you ever felt as good about the League of Ireland? No. Yeah, it's a wonderful situation at the moment mm. and it looks people come out and that just shows you how popular it is and how much it's growing and it's it's such a it's a space that you get real hardcore fans in and I know a lot of codes have that but there's there's real family kind of atmosphere coming into a lot of the stadiums which is fantastic to see it's just it, it's an area that can and potential there is huge it can mm. grow by more I know you mentioned 24,000 that could just be if we build facilities and build, they will come 
So yeah. people are showing that they're coming and they will come. I was devastated that Cork City are away this evening. <laughs> they couldn't be further away if they tried. Are you confident that Cork are going to bounce straight back up? It's the fixture that every <laughs> retired professional <laughs> is more than happy to miss when I see yeah, away to Finn Harps. What a journey, lads. I tell you, you go up the West Coast, you get caught in Galway, you go up the... Picturesque. Up yeah. Picturesque. Yeah, listen, not at three o'clock in the morning when you're coming back down after a, a tough day. But yes, to bounce back, it, hopefully, yeah. yeah. They have a very young team started last week against Kerry. Some really good, exciting young players that have come through the, through the academy Healy O'Sullivan some, some real good local lads which is mm. always the core of a Cork team um, tonight will be a totally different game obviously to, to being at home to Kerry last week so we'll see who, what team he puts out he might play a few more of the, of the experienced ones but they just they just need to power through that through that division now and get back up absolutely OK Finn Harps hosting Cork City Cove Ramblers hosting Athlone Town Bray are away to Kerry and UCD are taking on Treaty United which we will mention Mary don't worry uh, in due course in the Premier Division 2 Dublin Derbies uh, Shelburne and Shamrock Rovers the Rings End Derby in Tolka Park and St Pat's and Bohemians uh, in Richmond Park uh, Rovers didn't get off to uh, three points but listen they're unbeaten Shells were they underperformed I think it's fair to say uh, in Waterford what are you expecting from uh, this clash in Tolka? Uh, for one of them to lay down a marker on what they want to do for the year and, okay. uh, yeah, which, which for me would, 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 would probably be, be Rovers like they, I do miss the Dublin games as a player you, you just love going up there into that atmosphere you love, you love trying to get one over the Dubs Alan let's listen, be honest about listen, it I, I was raised in that <laughs> you know what I mean you're brought up in that it's an easy motivating tool so it's probably ingrained in me no more landing but look Rovers are, are the team to beat at the moment they're setting the standard they're going for the five you know let's, they're, they're just blowing the league apart they've, they've set their whole structure of the club up really strongly um, but then you have the Damien Duff you you know, um, influence there on, on Shell. So it's it's a great game. Like for me, I, I just have a little fancy on Derry. I don't know. I really like the way they, they play for the league. Yeah, yeah. Okay. To, to run them anyway, to run Rovers maybe as close as we can. You know, um, I just think with, with the signing of Pat Huben, mm. it might be that experience that they might just need that number nine. I know. He, I think he scored last week. So hopefully, if he can rack up double figures, they might have a chance to that push him. Might be the, the final piece in in, in Rory Higgins at Jigsaw. Um, Pats and Bowes, as, as a, a former centre-half, Bowes have signed four of them last night, late on. Like, would that be concerning? They're kind of trying to scramble a bit here with the injury to Rob Cornwell. They were already a bit loose in, in that area as well. Would you be concerned with that? As a as a player, um, well, if I was in... I remember plenty of times being in, in dress rooms and, and a few players would have walked in and you thought, oh, God, they look like centre-backs. I'm in trouble here. <laughs> Do you know, but... Um, if, if four, if four didn't come along at once when no, you were playing. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Maybe one would have walked in you're thinking, OK, I might, I might still have a chance here because there's two positions. But he might be looking at something. He might be going straight at the back. You never know. They might, they might be planning on a little change of shape or something. But... Obviously, Cornwall is a massive player for them. You know, he was, he's a leader, he's their captain. You know, he's a real. He's probably got 200 plus games in the League of Ireland, so he's a mm-hmm. real experienced guy. Um, for them, it's just about building again, getting that next level. You know, that that next level for them. But those games, they're obviously great. Obviously, the plans for Daily Mount coming coming for them is huge for the club. So that'll be where their minds will be at in terms of the club going forward. And they can just build what an area. It's a lovely part of Dublin, if you don't mind me saying, but it's an area that can with huge potential. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Um, Dundalk, Galway United, Oriel Park, 7.45 uh, this evening. How do you feel your old boss, John Caulfield's going to get on with, with I was, Galway? I was waiting there. Like, yeah, 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 it took a while. The character of John, yeah. <laughs> I was just easing you into the roadcaster, Al. Don't worry. Then it just throw, throw the, the bombs at you now. Yeah, yeah. I'll, listen, I, I've asked I've fierce craw for John, do you know what I mean? He's like... He's one of them characters. I don't know. You just have to be one on one with him, you know, to, to, to get to get a feeling. He just knew me as a as a player. He just got me as a manager. I got him as a manager. We just worked well. What's his best trait? Motivation, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, he can beat the drum, and he'll have you. He'll have you in on day. He'll have the same message, but it spins it different ways every week. He'll have frequent meetings with the players. They'll be in a room two, three times a week, forty-five minutes, easy. Oh, really? Yeah. And he, you kind of get to know him every so often. He's got these little kinks, and he's loved to clear stuff off the table. And the boys who leave stuff on the table then for him to try and wind them up and stuff. And it just got. Is he easy to wind up? He. <laughs> he, he you're, probably, you're, you're no longer playing for yeah, us. You give honest answers here. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still feeling the loyalty there. He is, he is, only because you know the little kinks that are there, do you okay. know what I mean? Um, but that's, again, John will, be, he'll love going up to Dundalk there now. Uh, is, is it away or are they in Dundalk? Is it in Royal Park? Yes, yeah, yeah sorry, yeah, yeah in Royal Park. Yeah, yeah, he'll love going up there now and he'll love that. He'll love the, them bouncing up 
to get in there now. It, I think, yeah, it'll be a good game. It'll be a good game. It'll, it'll kind of tell us where, you know, it's already there, obviously, mm. where both clubs are. Absolutely. Uh, Waterford looking for their first win after drawing Michelle's uh, their way to Drogheda United uh, as well. Two teams that will be hoping to maintain their Premier Division uh, status. I gave out the first division fixtures. Just a note, Wexford Longford is postponed due to a waterlogged pitch that was uh, called off yesterday actually as well. Um, I mentioned Treaty in that run of fixtures there, Mary, as well. Um, I have to mention it. There's a good feeling down in the club at the moment? Yeah, there's a good feeling. There's a new CEO, Kira McCormack. Um, I'm working full-time in the club as well as COO. Um, okay. There's a lot of changes, new investment, um, Canadian investment brought in. Um, so there's a lot going on. We're really only getting started. Uh, of course, we kicked off the, the men's season with a win, which always helps. Um, I suppose the, the big thing we we really need to do and look I'm really excited how the League of Ireland going and really you know it's very it's very volunteer run and like now can we drive on and make this football business and and Mm. impact on the economy as well so the the, the big things we need to do is grow fan base, um, improve that match day experience, and improve the marketing, professionalise um, in in as many areas in the club as we can with a lot of volunteers at the moment. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on, there's a lot in running a club. Um, but yeah, it's exciting times. And as I said, we we beat Cove Ramblers in our opening men's game, mm. and that always helps. Um, Absolutely, Tommy Barrett doing some job uh, with Treaty United. Um, listen, let's bounce on to. Uh, English football, Alan, uh, and start with the Carabao Cup, Chelsea, Liverpool. Start with a former uh, fellow alumni from your school, I'm right in saying to yourself in Cuevin? Yeah, great, great vocabulary there. Uh, I didn't know where I was going with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't know him personally, but like he was a few years behind me. Obviously, I'm a little bit older than him, but uh, he was just held in such high esteem in the school and previous teachers, obviously, who all claim credit for him. Um, I feel everyone in Cork has coached Cuevin at some stage. They're all going to, it's like when Munster beat the All Blacks. It's like I was there, everyone was there. 100% 100,000 people are at that <laughs> everyone has a part and everyone's played their part yeah he was in yeah we were inside in Prez inside in town in the Mardike so he's just gone to another level and there's always that kind of fascination debate on his career should he go should he stay where do you stand on it oh stay put man he's having such a, a great experience such a, and there's a there's a life to goalkeepers there's the the first life where they're where they're building their, their senior professional career and then there's that later life when they're they're kind of nearly 32 plus to, mm. to maybe 37 40 you know what I mean so he has so much time on his hands he should just stay put he's got his picture on the wall at the, at the training ground after winning the cup yeah. was it no two years ago yeah um, so he's hoping to obviously add another double to that which like in terms of winning medals and, and, and creating a, a legacy of a career that's just incredible that's yeah. that's that's a hell of a standard and and I suppose the debate for him leaving is not getting game time but he's got a proper opportunity now with Alisson now for until after the international break and he's he's going to have to seize it you would imagine it's trust like it's all about trust with keepers and they seem to have and obviously Van Dijk came out and spoke about him recently they seem to have trust in him you can tell the players have trusted him um, the, the manager is trusting him the club is trusting him obviously the goalkeeping coach holds him in very high regard he's just just buy your time build your career he's, he's he, he does seem like a character who will grab the opportunity you know that kind of way and, and it's just best to look to what, what sort of character is he from, from chatting to people like would you be in contact with not former teachers but like people kind of around the, the football world in, in Cork like that, that would know Cuevin you just you, listen any any person that makes it to that level and cracks that that kind of um, just aura of, of, of being around those huge superstars always the same words are mentioned level headed hard working good good family person good you know good good roots doesn't forget where he came from these kind of things that's that it's consistently mentioned among any of those players who get to that thing and it, it's that's exactly him and 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 anybody from his former club ring man would say the same thing again you, you, you tend to see that they, they would have played maybe outfield when they were younger maybe and then you know kind of ended up because the goalkeeping position is number one position that has changed throughout my career the very start you pass the ball back to the goalkeeper he would have bit the head off you after kicking it into the stand <laughs> and now if you don't pass the back you know, to the goalkeeper and involve him in the play it's yeah. nearly what's that centre back doing he can't play you know that kind of way it just changed so much over the what, 18 years I can yeah. played and he just seems to be the, the prototype of that now he has everything yeah 
And is well. Hopefully, um, long may uh, continue his his run of, of first team football. Uh, on the match itself, Chelsea certainly have the quality to hurt Liverpool, and you can't really question the, the desire of Liverpool looking to finish off Jurgen Klopp's. I'm going to say last season, but I'm I'm, I'm putting an asterisk on it. I I saw the passion that he had. I don't know. There's there's always Denial room. Denial is a beautiful thing, isn't there's it? There's always room for change. There's always there's all he could be he could be there for for turning. Um, but but on the match itself, how do you how do you see it playing out? I, I think it'll go all the way, obviously, and, and maybe a little bit further. Um, was the last one penalties? And the, yeah, yeah. It, it seems to be like it's, it's foregone conclusion. Liverpool will win this on penalties. Yeah. Queeping, hopefully, the hero. <laughs> and if you even look at the time, Aspilic is it Aspilic? Oh, who's the keeper at the time for Chelsea? His oh, uh, Kepa. Yeah, his yeah. career has gone a certain. Adisa Balaga. Yeah. That's where I was going. <laughs> Thanks. I was, I was going. I was seeing you for Kepa. It's like it would have sounded good in the Cork accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, like the. You, you you would imagine as as I mentioned that that kind of players playing for Klopp as well like that isn't to be understated. No, definitely not. Can you imagine the the, the absolute solid relationship that he must have with all those players down mm. you know and, and they've just done so much together. The amount of emotion now that must be riding around that club and just every conversation now they're having is, is probably like just one one more go at this now one more do it for the boss or you know he's just he's just that kind of personality is he for turning oh I don't know I think he's once he's, he seems like the kind of guy that once he says something he'll go through with it yeah that, that was more tongue in cheek I yeah, think yeah. But, but who knows you listen <laughs> we can all dream Jurgen Klopp has that John Caulfield qualities of that man motivation that's, that's what we're saying the German uh, yeah yeah the German, <laughs> the German John Caulfield <laughs> I'm definitely isn't that now <laughs> um, on the Premier League uh, then uh, Manchester United host Burnley uh, Crystal Palace new manager Olivia Glasner um, they host Burnley as well be interesting to see if Glasner can keep Palace uh, up in the Premier League uh, long term as well Villa Forest and Brighton Everton are the Saturday 3pm fixtures Manchester City um, on paper should defeat Bournemouth half five and then Arsenal Newcastle should be a cracker at 8pm and then on Sunday as you mentioned Carabao Cup final 3pm and then uh, Wolf Sheffield United half one um, Manchester United uh, and, and just on the topic of managers as well because you're looking at all the problems that Eric Tag has had and now Rasmus Hoyland apparently is out now for another two, three weeks as well so that's just adding to his headaches no doubt yet you see someone like Kobe uh, Maynou who it's just this kid who's come from nowhere who seems to be just the rock of, of Manchester United how good a job is Den Haag doing considering all of the, the turbulent issues that he's had to deal with it's just turning a, a tanker isn't it like you've had so many managers since Ferguson try to do that and try to just just realign the whole club it, 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 it is a steady job he's doing under some serious pressure and sometimes when I, when I was playing I thought our oh, manager got so lucky there that that you know, fell into place from at that time, and he got lucky there again, and lucky there again. It can't be a coincidence, you know, that, that mm. they're slowly starting to build something up. For me, the Premier League this year is, is, is a real good watch, you know, because you have Man City, you have Arsenal, and you have Liverpool all going for it. All, all obviously, Haaland is back now. He missed a few chances yeah. last week, so he, I think you're, you've, you've poked the beast there. Now he could do anything this weekend. He's the kind of cheat code I think for Man City in terms of those three teams. But Ten Hag, yeah, solid job. Just, just just trying to change I think a club's culture that really slipped away since mm. Ferguson you know yeah, uh, and kind of the reason I was asking about that it's not just the folks on Manchester United but, but how important is it even if there are issues or there are developments in the background of clubs that you need that solidity from your manager as a, as a player as a playing group even if he's faking it you know you, you just need that kind of solid leadership in, 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 the, in the dressing room a hundred percent, and more often than not, in my experience, like your engagement with the manager as a player could be minimal from one, from one Saturday to the next. You might even have a conversation with him, but you are both reading each other's body language like every day. How is he turning up? What time? What's he wearing? What's he looking at? Who's he talking to? Everything. So like they're just looking at him now constantly as a as a leader, and he seems that kind of guy who who's quite steady. Like do you know what I mean? There's no he wouldn't you know seem to go off and, and make some crazy decisions. He seems to be quite steady and and making standard calls and just working his way through the season. And it, you, they're just they're kind of slowly falling in line with him. And I th I'd say he's consistent in his in his discipline and how he's, he's dealt with players who've fallen out. He seems to be quite consistent on that, which is which is, which is key as well because mm. when when there's disarray, anyone who can show consistency and can show discipline, people will immediately 
tighter, tighter ship to him, yeah. you know. So small details that us, us, uh, that people haven't played a sport at the high level wouldn't wouldn't even think of, Alan. That's uh, to be honest. Um, speaking of playing sport at high levels, Mary Curtin, how is uh, Ireland, or I should say Italy and Ireland going? It was nil all last time we spoke to you. Yeah, the game in general has definitely upped a notch. Um, both teams looking stronger. Ireland are possessing better. Um, Italy have also come up uh, a notch. They're they're looking strong. So it's a good competitive game. Um, we've seen the introduction of Leanne Kieran and and is and and Izzy Atkinson off, and also Amber Barrett. Um, so Leanne Kieran has been very bright since she came on um, there on the left and has some attacking threat. Mm. Um, so it's 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 going well. We we still look strong. We still look solid. But a, a really good competitive game overall. Nil all, but more positives than negatives. Yeah, I would say so. They're they're not um, they're not falling down. They're still very solid uh, in possession here. They're they're looking strong. They're they're looking just better in possession overall. And um, yeah, I'm just waiting for more chances. There's not a huge amount of chances in the game, but football in general is is very good. Absolutely. What will Eileen Gleeson have learned so far, do you feel, coming up against, as we mentioned, uh, you know, at the start against kind of tougher opposition uh, in, in Italy uh, in terms of what, what Eileen, if anything, has she learned anything from the 60-odd yeah. minutes played? Well, well it's, it's been interesting just looking at her, her shape, the way she sets out, like from the start when she was interim manager, she very much, like it was a, a slow uh progression from what Vera Pau did mm. she played three at the back um, so now we see Eileen she's played four at the back today um, look I know different players will be available for selection which will and, and Italy are a strong team we've gone with four at the back today so look it's brilliant that now it, she's looking at a 4-4-2 um, these are the times that the friendlies to try new formations try new players um just Italy are a strong side as well and so it'll be a good test for us now and um, what a strong campaign but overall like I suppose the, the, the Nations League you know just the opportunity to there's a lot of lack on I suppose the Irish team and not being able to transition to attack very well in the World Cup we were very defensive and there was nothing going forward in, in a good in, in, in a strong enough sense so it's great now with I suppose weaker opposition in the Nations Cup Eileen has gotten that opportunity to set up more solidly mm. going forward and try new things and allow the girls with look let's say weaker opposition just more creativity to be able to try new things and new players and that so that's been really positive I'm sure she she has had a really good look at a lot of different players and um, now it's about getting more more better quality opposition for the likes of Italy um, for Ireland to, to stand up to test and to be fair I think what we've learned really is that even though we're playing against Italy like we have not backed down we are looking really strong really confident now against the higher nations mm. the, the higher ranked nations so that's so positive and I mean it's been such a change for the Irish women's team there's new new coaches new new management and so it's it's not easy you know there's just a lot of new uh, you know different managers will have different quirks different different styles different management styles and so it, it's it's been a really good transition for her just even playing in the the Nations League and yeah. now these these couple of friendlies um, before the next stage in, in April Absolutely. Final word to you, Alan. Would you be hopeful and positive about Eileen Gleeson's tenure in charge of, of Ireland? 100%, yeah. yeah. And obviously Colin Healy, who's Corkman, who's in there as assistant manager, and, and, and they seem to have a steady backroom staff. Oh, it's so exciting what she's doing. It's so exciting what, what the capability and potential of some of the players, mm. and she kind of seems to be releasing a bit more of that, as, as, as Marie just said, in, in an attacking sense, which is great to see. Uh, a good steady hand uh, as, a, as a person um, you know again won't be on phase by, by certain situations very experienced it's really exciting you know a really exciting time for, for, for the team and just the, what they can do and what the levels they can go to is just I just can't wait to see Absolutely Alan Bennett thank you very much for popping in Mary you're sticking around to keep an eye on the Ireland match uh, just approaching 70 minutes or there thereabouts in Florence it's nil all as I see Lily Ag and who is number 19 I cannot see the, the name on her back uh, Abby Larkinen 
uh, that looks like. Um, both coming on uh, for Ireland. We are going to make a Cork substitution. Alan, you're going to step out. Paul Kerrigan is coming in. We're chatting Gaelic football after the break. Marty Curtin's keeping an eye uh, on the Ireland match. Jane Mangan will have a bit on racing. And we're building up to Ireland versus Wales here in Virgin Media Park with thanks to PwC. Stick with us here at Game On 2FM. RTE 2FM. Now you're very welcome back to Game On live from Cork as I see hundreds of fans streaming past the roadcaster here in Virgin Media Park as Ireland under 20s are looking to keep their Grand Slam hopes intact uh, as they take on Wales this evening. We are here with thanks to PwC in their 19th year of sponsoring the uh, under 20s uh, rugby and uh, great sponsorship of the underage rugby in general. Paul Kerrigan joins us, a Cork legend from one Cork legend to another. Alan Bennett just leaves. Paul Kerrigan's in the door. Marty Curtin is still here keeping on the keeping an eye on the Irish women's national team. Paul, we're here to chat Gaelic football. However, I've just been informed your best mates with Chilos Eog Benny. <laughs> I wouldn't say best mates. Um, I wouldn't mind hanging off his coattails though, though he's fine. Um, yeah, I would have I would have taught Chilos in school in class degree three okay. and he would have played in um, my own club Nemore Rangers. Um, he, he was probably made choose just before we got the chance to play with each other but um, yeah gentlemen were all very proud of him both in the school and with the club like um, even when he was a 12 year old coming through the door he was really positive you know just a really genuine nice nice guy and mm. Uh, nothing phases him really and I think we've seen that you know I'm, I'm a Liverpool fan myself but uh, I couldn't uh, hold that against him the last time so uh, just delighted to see him kind of living his dream I suppose it's something he would have always talked about and um, it's great to see him in the green of Ireland as well he's mm. one of our key players uh, at that level as well so long may it continue from uh, we're all delighted yeah. down here Was he always destined for that? Did you say it at a young age that he was could you even imagine that he was going to be starring for the Republic of Ireland senior team? Oh jeez, I don't know. We would have seen more of him, Gal, and I would have thought definitely as a thirteen, fourteen year old, he'd be a Cork senior footballer. Oh yeah. Um, he just had, he just had that athleticism and that calm nature. Nothing phased him. But uh, like in fairness to him, he's backed himself. He backed himself by picking the soccer over the guy. He backed himself moving to Limerick from Cork City, and he got to move across the water. And uh, as I said, nothing phased him, and he's mm. gone up through the levels unbelievably. I suppose he picked Ireland, possibly over Nigeria. Um, so every decision he's made has worked out pretty well for him so absolutely as a Cork footballer's loss and I tell you you could do with him (laughs) are you concerned on a serious level at the moment we could do with a couple of them at the moment Um, I I am yeah like North from Tree is is not good going really from Cork Um, after a relatively positive last year and we won the pre-season McGrath Cup as well but um, I suppose we have an outside coach the last couple of years Kevin Walsh and with that comes probably more expectation because it's a bit of a rarity in Cork and uh, I think the biggest thing from maybe supporters and, and past players like myself is maybe we haven't evolved a bit. Uh, last year we had a very much a good defensive system, but this year we're conceding an awful lot of scores. We conceded 120 against Donegal, um, and we definitely haven't evolved our kick out or our um, our attacking play. You know what I mean? So, mm. um, and that's evident by let's say uh, the lack of scores that we so far. But um, yeah, I am concerned if we don't win this weekend, we're under right pressure. You know what I mean? In a county like Cork traditional I know we haven't been going too well maybe the last couple of years but we need to be in the top grade and um, I think the players will want to be in that grade as well I, I know for a fact they do now they are trying they're trying their best they're training as hard as they can but uh, it's just not coming off but hopefully now the league I suppose Corker in Division 2 it's very much kind of moving day this weekend in Division 2 the top two are out in front and there's only three points between the rest so if we can get a, a result this weekend we can swing it a little bit I do have a follow up question because I do want to pick your brain yeah. more on uh, Cork GA but is there a goal in Florence Mary? There is um, the ball broke on the left Amber Bars hungry as ever to, to go and attack and get something she burst down the, the right side and she put a beautiful ball into into Leanne Kernan for a simple tap-in goal. So, really good. 1-0. Delighted. Happy days. Great news for the girls in green uh, in Florence. Um, Paul, sorry, just to, yep. to come back uh, to Cork. How damaging would it be in the short to long term for Cork to be playing Talton Cup football? Um, to be honest, it might rub people up the wrong way. Like, if, it, if they're down there, they're down there. It's not the end of the world. Mm. I think it might be an opportunity. We won the 20, under-20 All-Ireland a couple of years ago. It might be a chance to throw a bit more of them in. You know what I mean? We haven't seen a whole pile of them really um, kind of kind of be mainstays of the team you know what yeah. I mean there's only about four or five of them so it might be a chance to give them a go but um, 
like I think if you're there regularly, if we get relegated to Division 3, you know, you're possibly there for another year. So hopefully we can avoid relegation and, and that'll be enough to keep us in, in Sam Maguire. But if we're there, we're there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, tough times uh, if, if it was to play Tolton Cup football. And unfortunately, Mary, that goal has just been ruled out offside, I believe. Oh. So it is nil all. Still... Still um, a, a tough match in Florence, but uh, nil all at the moment. Um, we did just get ahead of ourselves there. You never know what far in all these replays, Mary. It's positive chance. Modern football, Florence. but it's positive. It is certainly positive. Um, well, listen, uh, Paul, hopefully uh, any Cork fans tuning in will obviously be looking for uh, more positivity, and it's going to be a tough test away to Fermanagh. Yeah, yeah, they're going well. Um, I think it's up in Eden Derry, which yeah. is north for Fermanagh. Like they're taking us as far up as they can. Um, I suppose they've kind of turned things not turned things around but they've really taken you know the division they haven't been afraid of it they've gone for it um, the likes of Sean Cassidy scored 2-6 in the league so far he's going really well and their manager Kieran Donnelly is getting a kick out of the older players as well the likes of Declan McCusker the two Collins uh, in their defence you know, their mainstays they've been there for the best part of the decade and I, I heard him saying themselves they've been encouraged to get up the field and kick scores um, and, I, and I think they played an outfielder almost in goal last week Ross Bogue mm-hmm. um, it was a bit of a risk-reward strategy. They kept they kept Donegal fairly quiet for 40, 45 minutes and then they got caught with a soccer punch of a, a lob goal with the keeper out of out of position. So um, they, they've, they'll see Cork definitely as a winnable game at home. Um, I think the last time Cork went up there, they drew. So um, like we, we we probably need a win, but we'll take a point if if, if, if that doesn't work out. Kildare certainly need a win their way to Mead, Loudhouse, Cavan and the top two face each other. An old Ulster affair should be a cracker actually. Armagh, Donegal, 3pm throw in for that one on Sunday. But Paul, let's chat Division uh, 1 football. Uh, on Saturday, Tyrone Mayo at 5.15 live on RT television. On TG Cahard then, half seven Dublin uh, are playing Kerry in GAHQ. And on Sunday, uh, Derry are on the road to Galway. Roscommon host uh, Monaghan. Uh, Dublin Kerry, traditionally it should be a cracker. Will it be? or will it be more of a KG League affair? Um, I'd be encouraged that they'd both kind of go for it. Like, I was at the All-Ireland last year. It was, you know, it's a real age-old rivalry, like, mm. such an occasion. There'll be a big crowd up there. Like, both teams kind of have their big guns out. Like, Kerry last week, um, last week uh, against Mayo, had 11 starters from the All-Ireland final. You know what I mean? And they're, they're kind of putting a bit of shape into their team. You know, they've um, Dylan Casey corner back, so they pushed Tom Sullivan to wing back. He's a bit of a weapon there now. Uh, Killian Burke is flying brand new player Rangy Athletic gone to wing forward and Paddy Clifford drops out around the middle he's he's like a quarterback out there like he 25 possessions last week uh, ran the game kicked a few scores and then with him they've pushed Sean O'Shea into the full forward line with his brother um, so in the post-match the two Clifford said they're fresh and hungry um, so hopefully it'll be a big game same with Dublin I think they've tried a lot of players but they're coming back to the, the usuals um, they brought back Brian Howard Niall Scully got a goal the last day. Mm. Uh, Sean Bugler's back pulling the strings around the middle. And then they put Conn in full forward and he was unbelievable. Like his power, his evasion skills, balance, accuracy is unreal. He had seven points, was involved in a couple more. And as usual, Kieran Kilkenny was floating around controlling the flow of the game. So I'd be hopeful that they'd both go for it, you know, in the league, uh, because it's a league game. Um, and they have a lot of their, their kind of big players out so I'd be hopeful of a, like last 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 year was obviously a massive occasion but a little less pressure here now they might just go and try to go for a win and they probably won't want to give anything away either because they'll more likely meet in the summer Yeah more, more than perhaps <laughs> in an All-Ireland yeah. final yeah. Um, Derry very well placed to uh, end our hoodoo against uh, Galway uh, Tyrone Mayo as I mentioned as well but Roscommon Monaghan 7th uh, against 8th in Division 1 so there's a bit of jeopardy to this oh, one Massive massive um, Davy Burke got a bit of criticism for his 65 sessions last last weekend. I'd say that was born out of frustration. Um, I'd they, say that's doubled now since since <laughs> yeah, the weekend. <laughs> yeah, um, they missed five goal chances, which is probably where his uh, frustrations came from. They were playing kind of a bit of a counter-attacking containment game against Dublin, mm. and uh, you need to take your chances, and they didn't. Um, now they'll have a couple of lads coming back. Ben O'Carroll, who had an unbelievable all in club series, will be back, um, and then you've like said. Dara Craig and Dermot Murta uh, and then the Smith will cause you trouble for Monaghan like I, I'd fancy them to win Monaghan are fairly depleted they have a small pick anyway uh, Stephen O'Hanlon who, who kind of beat the dubs on his own the first day could be out so, and they're very reliant on Jack McCarron mm. so he got a few lovely scores against Derry the last day but um, Monaghan have been in Division 1 since 2015 but I think this could be this could be the year it's a, they could be under a bit of pressure Could be an end of an era Listen Paul Carrigan thank you very much uh, for dropping by and hopefully it does go well for the Cork footballers uh, We are going to get a racing update with Jane Mangan.
Thanks, Shane. You're at Musgrave Park to see the best of Irish sport. We'll be looking further afield in the racing section in just one moment. Domestic action comes from Fairy House tomorrow and Nace on Sunday. The fe- the feature at Fairy House tomorrow being the three and a quarter mile Bobby Joe Chase, which has att- attracted just four runners, but an intriguing quartet none- nonetheless, because Vanillier, the current anti-post favourite for the Aintree Grand National, who's second in the race at Liverpool last year, he's favourite here for Sean Flanagan and Gavin Cromwell, a team that are on red-hot fire at the moment. They're favourite over IM Maximus probably because he's receiving £12 despite being rated only £7 inferior to him. Fury Road and Manila Crooner, the pair of Gordon Elliott horses make up the quartet at Nason Sunday I think the the, novice, uh, the Newlands chase over two miles is the feature in here. It is including the Galway Plate heroine Ash Tree Meadow, last seen winning at Down Royal. And it also includes a certain Fernie Hollow, who we haven't seen since December of 2021 when he beat Riviere de Tell in a Grade 1 novice chase at Leopardstown. He has crossed many rivers since then and we have not seen him. He has a champion chase entry at Cheltenham, but he's going to have to overcome a massive absence to come back to winning ways here at Nace. If he is to do that, he may well leave himself spot on for a trip across the water next month. I did say we would go further afield and while there's good racing at Chepstow tomorrow and some graded action at Kempton, the real Irish interest is actually in Saudi Arabia because Aidan O'Brien saddles a pair of favourites there. Luxembourg contests the Neom turf tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Luxembourg, the Irish champion stakes winner, he looks to be in against inferior opposition. He has an okay draw on 13. Ryan Moore is aboard. He is the right favourite in that race. There's a couple of British challenges in there, including Andrew Baldings, the Foxes, and Sir Alex Ferguson's own spirit dancer. But if if I was thinking this is the right race for Luxembourg, the race is worth $2 million could be a very good piece of placing by Aidan O'Brien. His other runner on the card is Tower of London in the Red Sea Turf Handicap. He's drawn a gate of 12. And while the field is truly international with Americans, Japanese and all of the best Europe have to offer, Tower of London is a stare. And this is the best part of two miles for $2.5 million. Let's see if Aidan O'Brien and Ryan Moore can bring home some of the money. Great stuff, Jane Mangan. Thank you very much. Lots, lots to look forward to in the racing. Mary, very briefly, final word to yourself. It is still nil all, less than 10 minutes to play in Florence. However, we're lucky not to be one down. Yeah, we are. Look, I'm impressed with Ireland's physicality and their, their tempo in the second half, their their level of control. Um, Italy have been strong, again, in, in the second half, grown into the game, but um, Ireland have just dealt with it. I'm just so impressed with how they're standing up to higher-ranked nations now and really look in the game. We missed a really good chance or oh, we scored but it was disallowed from Leanne Kiernan off a, a good burst uh, on the right wing from, from Amber Barrett mm. and um, yeah they missed a golden opportunity there um, which they should have capitalised on where they split the Irish defence but in fairness Ireland have come back strong again and are, are looking solid and seven minutes to go um, the subs have really that have come in you know subs can sometimes disrupt a game but no, the, the subs that have come in have really injected energy um, we've been more we've been physical we've been more convincing to be honest in the second half so it's been really really positive to see with the, the subs that have come into the game well on that positive note Mary Curtin thank you very much that is all we have time for from Virgin Media Park a massive thank you to Ronan Lawler Andrew Dupere Max Falvey Damien Gavigan and PJ Carroll all of the game on team for keeping us on air this evening from Virgin Media Park as we look forward to Ireland Wales with thanks to PwC matching see live on RT2 television if you want to catch the closing stages of Italy Ireland it's live on the RT player and the RT news channel Blotnett Tracy is up next we're going to check in with the news desk after an odd break from all of the game on team have a great weekend we'll chat to you Monday 6 o'clock RTE 2FM on 2FM. Sponsored by Dove Men Plus Care. Upgrade to Dove Men Advanced Deodorant and Body Wash. Let the confidence last.